Thank you for joining us on our LWCC podcast. Right now, you're going to hear a message from our senior pastor and founder of Living Word, Pastor Ruben Reyna. Let's jump into our word. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for being here this morning. I thank you for the people that have come. I thank you that you kept your hand upon them and nothing happened to them. And I pray that nothing will ever happen to them in the name of Jesus. Now release your anointing in this place. Let your word edify us, build us up, Lord, and tear down whatever's not good. In the name of Jesus, now release this great anointing. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Glory. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Praise Him. Woo. You may be seated. Good to be among the living. If you're here for the first time, welcome, welcome, welcome. Open up your heart and let God do what He's going to do. That is what church is all about. You come to church to get delivered. Because the deliverer always needs to be delivered. It's a constant thing that God has to do inside of us. I don't know about you, but when you go through trials, you become better. You're not supposed to become bitter, but better. Better and better in functioning in the things of God and accomplishing what He wants you to accomplish. So it's good that you are afflicted, that you might learn the statutes of the Lord. So when you're afflicted, you feel, hey, I'm learning something out of this. I'm coming out of this, and God's going to teach me something. When I'm out, I'm going to see it all. Can you say amen to that? Out of the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. I love the book of Genesis because it tells me everything that God did. And is about to do. In the beginning, verse 1, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Come on. I want to speak a little bit on the moving of God. The moving of God. Because I've seen the moving of God. I've been around for a while. I'm not like Enoch, 350 years. But I'll never be close to that, I guess, because of sin and all that that's taken place on the earth and people were dying earlier. But I've seen a lot of things. I've seen the Lord do a, fr- a, fr- a fresh work in all the world. I've seen revivals that have taken place and things that have happened in those revivals, and how a large multiplication of people came to the Lord. I've seen a lot of healings because I've seen the the hand of God moving upon the church. 
because the church is his bride. So you are his bride. And if you're a bride and you're getting married or something, you just love that bride because that's why you're going to say, I do. And after that, you're going to die to yourself and live to her and everybody else. So that's for you, Philip. Amen. But when you see the bride of God, he loves his bride and he treats his bride so well that he's always doing something new in their lives. It's like waking up in the morning, you wake up to a new day. Thank God for that day. But sometimes thank God that that day is gone and the new has arrived. And so let me tell you this. God is about to open up our eyes. God wants to make you see things in another way that you've never seen it before. God wants to accomplish something deep inside of you because he loves you. He cares for you. He doesn't want you to become a dodo bird. He wants you to be a wise eagle. Can you say amen to that? And God is moving because he opens up their eyes, opens up our eyes. I remember getting saved. I didn't know what the word saved was. They leaded, they leaded me in a prayer. They prayed for me and my eyes opened. My eyes opened to a brand new world and I said, oh my God, where have I been living? But now I'm living in Christ Jesus. I could see everything clear. I could see myself clear, how things came off of me. Demonic forces came out of me. And my, my God, he made me brand new. That even Stella told me, man, you look brand new. What happened to you? I said, sister, I got born again. I got born again. And, and she just looked and marveled, marveled. One of the things that God does quickly in a life, he quickens your body. Amen. All of a sudden, he shakes you up, turns you upside down, and then puts you back, and all of a sudden, you look brand new. You feel brand new on the inside, and you know that your eyes have been opened because he has quickened you, quickened you. So we become sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And that's the thing that we need the most, being sensitive to the Spirit of God. Because He's a person, He's God, the third person of the Trinity, and He is designed to minister to us on this earth. That's why God says, I'll send you the Spirit so that you can be baptized in fire. And the Spirit of God is here, and He wants to baptize you in the Spirit of fire. He wants to build you up. And he wants to destroy everything that is old, but he'll make you full, full with the goodness of God that just fills your heart with joy and power and glory because he quickens you. But we need to be sensitive. We need to stay awake. You see, there's a lot of jackrabbits, if you see them, or rabbits, they sleep with their eyes open. If you didn't know that. They sleep with their eyes open. And we got too many Christians sleeping with their eyes open, but are going nowhere. Because God wants to shake you up and tear down that sleepiness, that darkness that the enemy is trying to set you up with. And you got to pray with earnestly and say, God, remove this blindness from me so that I can see clearly what you want me to do. So God wants to get rid of your blinders, the things that block what God wants to do. 
And when he takes those things away, you start feeling certain things. One of them, he quickens you real quickly. Second of all, you start seeing things differently because now you have been quickened by God and all of a sudden you start seeing the future. The future. I don't know about you, but I'm seeing everything that the Bible has said, we're seeing it right in front of our eyes. We're seeing chaos today. We're seeing crazy stuff. We're even seeing more thieves in our government than ever before. We've seen more schemes now than ever before. But let me tell you something. I'm not afraid of the government. I'm afraid of God. Because when he said the one world government is coming, he meant it. He meant it. But we are so close to the rapture where the church is about to disappear. So we are going to enter an area of revival where we're going to see more people saved than at any time that we lived. Why? Because God is going to quicken people's understanding and bringing a quickening in their minds and taking away the veil off of them. So we need to understand that we need to get to a place where we pray and we don't stray, but we pray. Say with me, I'm going to pray, but I'm not going to stray. See, I've seen too many people stop praying and all of a sudden they're straying. Yes, you've been touched, but you're dead. Yes, you've been touched, but you're blind. Yes, you've been touched and you know the power of God. So you need to get back to where you belong so that God can accomplish everything that he promised you. You can... You cannot live two lives. You can try, but it doesn't work. I've tried it, it doesn't work. You better just stay on the narrow way, forget about the broad way, and stay on the narrow way. It says, you know, it's going to cost me, but I love Jesus. It's going to take time, but I'm going to love Jesus through it. I'm going to go through hell and high waters, but I'm going to trust Jesus. I'm not going to look to the left or to the right. I'm going to trust Jesus. This is what Daniel did in the middle of all the evil circumstances that he went through. He was being tempted everywhere. The enemy and the king were trying to let him bow down to a false god. And Daniel said, no, I'm going to start fasting for 21 days. Let me tell you something. The church has forgotten to fast. We are good at fellowshipping. You say burritos, we're all there. You, you say, uh, menudo, we're all there. We say barbecue, everybody shows up and some. But here God told Daniel, I want you to fast for 21 days. 21 days. Can you fast for 21 days? Yeah, you can. It'll take a long, a long discipline, but you will fast. The longest that I fast was seven days twice. I haven't done that in a while. And that was when I was younger, asking God, show me what you want me to do. And he did. And he did. But Daniel fasted 21 days. And the Bible says that the presence of God appeared. And you can read that in Daniel chapter 10, verse 2 and 3 and 9 and 10. And it said, it said that Daniel, in that middle of the fast, that God appeared to him. And when God appeared, he felt like a dead man. Yes, 
a dead man. Because if the presence of God appears in the full fullness, our flesh cannot take it. We will, we will die. And he says he was as a dead man until the Lord came and touched him and said, Daniel, you have been fasting and I've heard and I heard your cry. So he tapped him and all of a sudden his strength came back and he stood before God. Why? Because the man needed to hear from God. Sometimes we get so desperate. Sometimes we get so desperate that we need to hear from God. Man does not please us. Boyfriends doesn't please us. Eh, women doesn't please us. Nothing pleases us. Material things do not please us. But when God wants to speak to you, the only thing that will satisfy you will be when he appears and he quickens your life. Quickens your life. And begins to tell Daniel, this is what's going to happen. The kingdom is about to go down and a new kingdom is going to arise. And you're going to see all those demonic forces traveling through the air and establishing things that they want to. Because that's why Paul said that this world belonged to the devil. The world. The kingdom of this world is run by the devil. But because we have Jesus Christ, we run him out. Because you live with God, you can say in the name of Jesus, devil, get out of the way. I'm going to accomplish what God wants me to accomplish. I'm not listening to anything. I'm just going to go forward in all the power and all the glory. Listen to me. We need some Holy Ghost fire. We need some anointing to raise us up again and to make the church what it should be. We need the fire of God. Say it with me. I need the fire of God. Say it. Say it with me. I need the fire. One more time. I need the fire of God. Give him a clap off and come on now. Oh, yeah. Daniel was strengthened by God because he was looking for God. Sometimes God will put a hunger inside of you. He will touch the inside of you and tells you, you know, I'm done with this little Christianity. I, I want you to come in into the front door and I want to give you more than what you ever had. And once he calls you, there is no other voice that you will hear, but only God. That's what made the prophet so strong. That's what made the disciples so strong, that they were listening to God's word again. And that's why in the book of Acts it says that when they were in the upper room, it filled the upper room, and there was cloven tongues of fire over their heads, and they were speaking in tongues. Listen, what we need, what we need, we need a whole Holy Ghost revival to take place in our hearts. Give me some more power on this speaker's mission because I want to strain my voice. And, and there's my second voice there. Look at the prophet Elijah. Elijah was a man of God. The Bible says that he would fast, he would pray, and he would hear the voice of God. One day, him and his disciples were being his disciple, God, uh, that was living there with him, he was serving, serving him. And the, the scripture says that the enemies came and there was, the house was surrounded by the enemies. And his servant was there. 
And he stepped out the door and he looked and he says, oh my God, we are surrounded by the enemy. Have you ever felt like you were surrounded by the enemy, by opposition, by stuff that you couldn't control? That's what this man saw, but he saw the chariots. He saw all these enemies surrounding that house. And he ran in and told Elijah, there's, there's a big army out there. And he says, show me. And he stepped out the door and he looked and there was a big army there. And he says, okay, let me pray. He laid his hands on his disciples and says, Lord, open up his eyes so that he could see what I see. And the scripture says that immediately his eyes were opened and Elijah said, what do you see? He says, I see God's army bigger than the enemy's army. Bigger than the enemy's army. Let me, let me tell you this. Stir yourself up. When you stir yourself up, when you tell yourself you're going to see God, when you tell yourself I'm going to spend time with God, when you tell yourself and then you do it and you discipline your life, I'm going to guarantee you that you will see the hand of God all over your life. Why? Because God is the same yesterday as he is today. Today he is the same God. He hasn't changed. Amen. How many here have felt the presence of God? Let me see your hands. How many know that it's real? Let me see both hands. Hallelujah. This is a roller coaster ride. Come on. <laughs> so if knowing all that, then we need to respond to the spiritual more than the natural. Sometimes the devil tries to put blockades and I say, devil, get out of here. Get out of here. In the name of Jesus, you are not going to do that to me. You're not going to do that to the church because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So I put up my spiritual dukes and I tell the devil, come on now, come on now, get out of the way. You, you can't have no excuse. I've got a mama that's 95 years old. She is Holy Ghost. She tells me everything that's going to happen. It tells me this. Don't be a coward. Get up and fight. That's a straight up rebuke from a mama. Being 95. And then she says it in Spanish. Aguanta la vara. That, that is crazy. That is real crazy to hear your mom say that. But I thank God that she says that because it gives me this presence of fighting. Sometimes you need to hang around with people that like to fight. Not physically, but spiritually. That, it, that like to endure, that have been through some scars, that have been through some battles. And you're hanging around with those people. You get excited because they don't give up for nothing. And they'll tell you, come on, let's move it. I'm going to move it, move it, move it. I'm going to move it, move it. Let's move it forward. Don't be stuck in everything that's going on in your life. In the book of Mark, chapter 8, 24, it talks about a man that had a withered hand. A withered hand. And, and they, Jesus looked at that hand and said, stretch out your hand. And he stretched out his hand and he healed the man. Why? Because he was obedient. Yes. Obedient to the voice of God. You need to be obedient to the spirit man that lives inside of you. His name is the Holy Spirit. He will motivate you. He will make you 
feel these things that you need to accomplish. He would, the, the impulses of the Holy Spirit, all of a sudden you, you say, that's the devil. No, it's the Holy Spirit. He'll tell you, it's no devil telling you to do good. Only the Holy Spirit tells you to do good. So if he tells you to bless your neighbor, you bless your neighbor. If he tells you to go over there and drop some food to them, you bless them. If he needs money, you go ahead and do it. Why? Because it's the impulses of the Holy Spirit and you bless the people of God. This is what we need, men and women that will listen to the Holy Spirit inside of you and that you will not, not cower down. I've heard a lot of people tell me, Reuben is giving money to a certain person, okay? I said, if, it's, if, it, if God put it in your heart, it can't be the devil. Because he doesn't live in your heart. The Holy Spirit lives in your heart. Into you, in, inside of you, he lives inside of you. And if he told the withered man, stretch out your hand, and he did, God healed it. Sometimes you just have to stretch yourself so that it, you could see God's presence in your life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember Freddie Garcia. He was starting a church there in San Antonio with Victory Outreach, and he was my personal friend. And I remember being there with him, and uh, he says, I want, well, first of all, he says, come. And then he says, I want you to see my new church. I converted a bar into a church in the middle of the ghetto. So I said, I told, I told Jeremy and Stella will be there. So we took off, we were there, and as we walked in, she was playing the piano because she was a play, she played the piano and she did a good job. She had a set of Ray-Bans on. And I looked at Stella, I said, what's up with this? Ray-Bans. And then they introduced Pastor and he came up with the Ray-Bans. And I said, we looked at each other like, what's going on? I don't know, I don't know neither. So we enjoyed the service, it was a great message and everything. He says, then he says, let's go out and eat, Reuben. I said, okay. So we sat down in the restaurant and he says, uh, Reuben, I'm very embarrassed. I'm very, very, very embarrassed. And me and Stella looked at each other. He says, I'm super embarrassed. I said, why, Freddie? You did a good job, it was amazing. And he took off his glasses, and he had a black eye. <laughs> and then she took off her glasses, and she had a black eye on the opposite <laughs> side. <laughs> and he says, I, I feel real bad. We had a bad fight last night. And then he says, I'm so sorry, Reuben, but we didn't have nobody to help me. I was pioneering. Neva is the piano player. I'm the preacher. And we had a bad fight. The devil has fought with us constantly in starting this church. But I am so sorry, he tells me. He says, but we had to keep the church open. And we had to do what we had to do because we didn't have no help. That's a man of God. Amen. I am not dealing with people that are perfect. Come on, come on. I've seen a lot of you have fights. And I don't say nothing. You don't have a black eye, but you could have. 
Come on. You know I'm saying the truth. Especially if you marry a wild guy and you marry a wild lady that nobody, everybody's right in the family. Nobody's wrong. What, what he told me there in me, he said, no matter what happens, you have to keep going. Amen. Just like me and Nepha, you got to keep going. And they forgave each other. They were holding hands, whistling and everything. At least they had rag bands. They didn't have cheap glasses. Rag bands. <laughs> that way I can say, Cubo, I'm going to do it anyway. But that was a story that I never forgot in my mind that has always made me into a stubborn person to accomplish what God is going to do. Some of you need to be stubborn to do what's right. And don't be judging, well, I don't do that. Shut up. <laughs> if you're human, you do things. And God knows about it. It's a good time to clap, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. Because, because if you're perfect, you just wiped out this whole church. We don't have no perfect people here. We have mature people, but not perfect people. That's what that word means. Perfect in the Bible means mature. And I'm not telling you to fight with each other. I'm not telling you to make, give each other a black eye. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just telling you a story of a man pioneering a church that was an ex-dolphin that used heroin and, didn't, and so did his wife and they were born again and they just happened to have a fight because the devil hates anybody that's going to start a church and things happen. But you know that you're called when you don't quit. Too legit to quit. I'm legit in God and I ain't stopping. And you're legit in God and you ain't stopping. Oh, I've seen some stubborn ladies in my lifetime. Some of them. I said, Lord, why didn't you want me to see this? But if God made a woman stubborn, it's because he also made a man more stubborn. And he put that quality in us so that we wouldn't stop. That's a good quality to have. The other thing that I want to tell you is you have to be sensitive to leadership all the time. Amen. And let me read you this scripture here in the book of First Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32. It says that of the tribe of Eskra was uh, important because they were dedicated to being sensitive to the spirit of the Lord and the time... Uh, that they were living in, they brought the knowledge of God to the nation of Israel. And it, it was like a special leadership, just like ours being that is today. We need good leadership when everything goes wrong. So these men were sensitive. I didn't read the scripture, but you can read it up next to and back of me. But these, this, 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 this leader and these people were very sensitive to the Holy Spirit, even in the middle of the battles or things that were ha going to happen with the earth or with the wind or with the knowledge that was going on. They would catch it right away and then they would dedicate the soldiers 
to fight against certain things that were coming their way. So they were very sensitive. So you and I have to become very sensitive. I'm not talking about being sensitive where you just cry and you just drop to the ground and that's all you did. No, you, you are a sensitive leader that will accomplish great things because you already know what's going to happen and God's given you the strategy to finish the work, to accomplish whatever God has to do with your life. Listen to me. Now, say you're married and you have kids, you have a wife, you have kids. You're the leader of that house. That house demands that you lead that house with all of your children. If you're a single lady and you, you don't have the husband, you've got three, four kids, you're the lady that's going to lead that house into glory and blessings because you listen to the Word of God and you'll accomplish great things because God doesn't leave you alone just because things happen. I've seen some great mothers, great mothers that has brought great kids up. And the kids today are preachers because of mom, Amen. because of mom, because of mom that did not give up. I've seen some great preachers too with a couple that stands there and says, we're not going to be moved. We're not going to be taken down. We're going to leave this house and we're going to see our sons and daughters create or do great things for God. And that's the type of people that these people were, but they had these people underneath them and they had the leaders. Leaders will demand certain things of you so that you can accomplish things. So let me go to 1 Corinthians because these are common things that I'm going to speak about right now. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, chapter 10, and, and because these things happen. And the reason why they're in the Bible is so that we can be aware of things. Listen, verse 1, Moreover, brother, I would not you to be ignorant how all the fathers went under the cloud and all passed through the sea, and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and did eat of the same spiritual meat, and did all drink of the same spiritual drink, and for the drink of the uh, that's uh, and for they drank of the spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. Listen to verse five. But with many of them was not they were not well pleased. They were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were an example. Say with me, example. To the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they lusted. So we got to watch these things because lust is an evil demonic force. Neither did he uh, idolatry as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drank and rose up to play. Neither let, well, let me stop there. There's two here. Be careful with lust, and then be careful also with idolatry. What is idolatry? Idolatry is self-love, self-worship. Where all of a sudden, instead of loving God, instead of worshiping God, you worship yourself. And when you worship yourself, you know very well you're going to make a lot of mistakes. How many here have worshiped yourself? Only five of you, okay. Okay. We got a good church here. Hallelujah. <laughs> How many here have ever been full of lust? Oh, that's 20 of you. Okay. <laughs> lust is when you go after what you shouldn't be going after. 
Idolatry is self-love and self-worship. I do what I want to do regardless of what you tell me. And if Sister Maimai steps in there, you're going to follow Sister Maimai. And Flesh Gordon, you're going to follow him too because you're full of lust and self-loved. Am I breaking it down now? Okay. So number eight. Let me go to number eight. These are two things. This is the third one. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day three and thirty thousand. That's a lot. What's fornication? It's real easy. Having sex with somebody that you're not married to. That's what it is. I'm going to pause because that way it sinks in you. <laughs> now, is there anything wrong going out with somebody? It's okay. But just don't jump into bed. Is that clear enough? Amen. Okay, number nine. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Of serpents. Tempting Christ. Tempting Christ. Where you allow your will to do whatever you want to at any time. And let me tell you, those serpents will come out. You know what those serpents are? demonic forces that get attracted when you allow yourself to be tempted and then you put Christ's name that it's God so all those devils are going to come out and here comes the other one number 10 neither murmur how many of you have ever murmured complain okay that's the word complain did it do you any good did it make matters worse? Yeah. Also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. So all these little things, they put these things as an example. You see, here's where you got scared because I started talking about this stuff. These things happen to people, okay? But God says, be aware so that you won't attract the enemy so that you won't do them. Now, when you're a baby in Christ Jesus, you make a lot of mistakes. And then all of a sudden you grow a little bit and you're a carnal Christian and you're still making mistakes. But when you're a spiritual Christian, you begin to discipline your life to accomplish what God wants you to accomplish. And you stay away from those things. Now, you know, we come out of a lifestyle that we were pretty crazy. Yes or no? Lift up your hands, all of you. We were pretty crazy. We did some crazy things. Come on, lift up all your hands. We did. All right? But now we're Christians, and now the Bible is giving us direction. Not so you could be, oh, my God. No. Not to live like that. So you could be aware and say, you know what? I'm not going to allow the enemy to come and tempt me and I'm not going to tempt Christ and I'm not going to murmur, I'm not going to complain. I'm going to discipline my body and I'm going to do what's right and accomplish God's will. That's all it's saying. So if you made a mistake, it's okay. Get up, clean yourself and let's go. Because I met a lot of people that made a lot of mistakes that are very good today. 
So these are just things that we need to be aware of. And he mentions those things so that we can become mature believers. How many here have ever done something wrong and you felt condemned like that? How many here felt like you got bit spiritually? And down deep inside, you, this guilt just comes up. And then the, the finger of God comes, you did wrong. Yeah. Have you ever heard that? You're wrong. Yeah. And then you try to justify it. You can't justify the voice of God. And then you repent. And now you're beautiful. Amen. I said, and now you're beautiful. Thank you. Why should we be so sensitive to those things? Because we don't want to go that way. It attracts destruction. It attracts spirits that shouldn't even be yes, in our area. Yes, in our area. You can take a deep breath now. I'm going to... <laughs> the last thing I want to talk to you about being sensitive to a cry. Those are, these are just precautions to take. But to be sensitive to the cry that God is that God is, is, is bringing to you because there are too many people right now dying and going without Jesus. Yes. And those are a cry to me. Yes. A cry. Because once you cross over, you're going to realize that it's either heaven or hell. There is no purgatory. It's either heaven or hell. We used to believe in purgatory, but not no more. Because the Bible is clear of a lot of things. I remember in 1976, in our first conference that we we're going to have with Pastor Sonny Arcazoni, Victory Outreach, I was there in a hotel fasting for seven days. And then I heard a cry. And the cry was, I saw the vision, and I saw a big angel put his foot on the sand and the other one in the water of the ocean and he had a pair of balances and I heard his voice say you're running out of time he said it three times you're running out of time you're running out of time that was 1976 and we're 2000 23. That's a long time. But it's gone like that. And now we're living in those last days. And this is where the cry is going to come in. We are going to hear the cry of the harvest. The harvest is already ripe and ready to be captured. We need, we need people that will start crying out to God for that harvest. We need people to start crying that that harvest would come in and that it would not go to waste. So you and I need to be people that are sensitive to all this because we're running out of time. It was William Booth that said these, these words. We all need to be suspended over hell at least 24 hours before being launched into ministry. That's how much fear we should have. 
being suspended over hell. If God would pick us up and suspend us over hell, I'll guarantee you we would wake up with a different attitude. And especially when we see God moving so well and then we see, we see people that uh, uh, have gone to hell and have come back. And one of those persons that I met, his name was uh, Bert Clendenin. The vision of his, of, his, of his life was, and he told it life, he said that he died, he died in his sleep and went to hell. And as he was going into hell, he says, I saw a man, he was standing there, he says, I saw a man running from one side of the place and, and picking up the people that were burning and smoking and he would pick up their faces and he would drop them. And then he would go to the next one and pick up their faces and drop them. And then as he's, sitting, he's, he's looking at this and he would, this guy would pick up the faces and he would drop them. And then he would pick up the other face and drop them. And then Bert, Bert Clinton, he says, what is he doing, Lord? What is he doing? And he would go to other people and he would do it. And he kept doing that over and over, picking up their faces and putting them down. And finally, the guy that was doing that said these words to Bert Clinton. And he says, I'm looking for the man that didn't tell me about Jesus. I'm looking for that man because, he says, if they would have told me about Jesus, I would have never been in hell. So let me tell you something. There is a cry right now in hell. And if that cry, you could hear it, it would tell you, live right. Accomplish what God wants you to accomplish. Don't waste your time because if you waste your time doing foolish things, you're going to end up in a place that you don't want to be. What an opportunity for us to sit here and outside to hear the word of God, to hear the word of God. And we that love God are going to live forever. We that decided that we're going to serve God, we're going to live forever. And that ought to be enough for us to cry for the new harvest to come and to give flourishing to that new harvest so that we can see what God wants us to accomplish. I could have made a lot of excuses for myself when Stella passed away. I decided, you know what, I'm going to serve God with all my heart. I don't care. I don't care what people tell me. I don't care about anything. I'm just going to do God's will. I'm going to obey God's will. I don't care. I don't care. And in my lifetime now, I've met people that have, that have three people pass away, four people pass away, and I'm going, I'm not the only one. But the good thing is that I'm obeying God. The good thing is that I'm standing up. The good thing is that I'm crying with a broken hearted when I had to, but I'm still standing and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What matters is that we do what God wants us to do. That is what matters. And if God gives me a companion, fine. If he doesn't give me one, well, it's okay. It's okay. I'm still alive. I got Phil up here with me, so I'm okay. But the day he does, maybe he does. 
or maybe he doesn't. I'm fine with it. As long as we do God's will. God's will is everything. Be careful for the traps. I mentioned the traps. Be careful with those traps. They're real. That doesn't mean that if you fail, you're gone. No, that doesn't mean anything. It just means get yourself together, get up. We love you, we understand. Doesn't that feel good? We love you and we understand. We understand. We're not gonna, we're not gonna kick you and say, we don't want you here, you're terrible. You're an ugly sinner. Then I got four, four, four fingers pointing at me. Well, I'm pointing at you. No, we're not going to say that. Amen. If you love God, I'm going to give you my right hand and say, come Amen. on, get up. Let's do what God wants us to do. We learn. It's okay. We learn. Amen. We learn. But I'm not going to be all religious and legalistic that you can't fail. Yeah, you could fail just like that. Everybody can. Thank God when you're old, yeah. You don't care when you're old. Amen. <laughs> right? You don't care. Once you're old, you don't, you don't care. You don't care. It's like a whole party. It's over. Been, it's over. It's over. <laughs> so that's why we're here. To embrace you. Because we know what that pain is. To embrace you. And get you to finish the race. Because the church loves you, cares for you, and it's for you and not, not against you. We have these doors open because we want to see you get well. Get well. Get well. And believe me, I've seen a lot of cycles and I just laugh. Some crazy people are crazy. I have stories upon stories. I could write a book on crazy people. But I have good stories to say that they made it. Amen. That they made it. Through all that, they made it. Through it all, like Andre Crouch used to sing that song. Through it all, yes. I learned to trust in Jesus. Through it all. It's a ride. It's a ride. When I look at all the people that I know here, they're trophies. The kids are trophies. They come up to me, I hug them. They're trophies. Pretty soon they'll be married. Pretty soon they'll be acting good. <laughs> and, and we'll be there to help them. I want you to stand with me. Come on, I want you to stand. And right now, I want you to lift up your hands. And I, I want you to ask God for forgiveness right there because this. There's a lot of things we do. But I want to tell you that the blood of Jesus is much stronger. Much stronger than anything that has happened to you. Heavenly Father, right now as we lift up our hands towards you, we want to say thank you for dying on the cross for us. We want to thank you that you didn't stay there, but you resurrected from the dead. And that you're sitting at the right hand of the Father. And most of all, you called us out of darkness into this marvelous light. 
And I want to thank you right now with all my heart that you're an awesome God. And the church praises you with all everything they have, oh God. And we want to thank you for the good, the bad, and the ugly. And we want to say, Abba, Father, you're our daddy. You are too much. You've got a lot of love for us, Father. In the name of Jesus, I call out to you for your angels, for your glory, just to minister to us right now. In the name of Jesus. Come on, say it with me. Jesus, forgive me of all my sins. I accept you as my personal Savior. Release me now to accomplish your will. In the name of Jesus, I thank you now for the blood of the Lamb that cleanses me of all my unrighteousness. In Jesus' name I ask. Amen. Can you give him a clap over and thank him? Just thank him.